Welcome back to 35 Years Apart. I am Madeline and I'm 17. I'm Marta and I'm 52. We're a mother and daughter and we both like to read, watch things, and have opinions. We thought it would be interesting to explore how our opinions are the same and different based somewhat on our ages and lives. Today we're going to be talking about the TV show Pose. Should I summarize? Well, seeing as you were like alive (laughs) when it was happening... When the show takes place. Yes, yes, you should summarize. I'll be the summarizer. So Pose is an FX series, and so far it's had two seasons. The third one is on the way. It takes place in New York City in the late 1980s and early 1990s, which, as you say, I was, in fact, alive for. Uh, The show centers around a group of trans and gay people and the drag ball scene, and it's produced by Ryan Murphy of Glee fame, but it stars our national hero, Billy Porter. And the largest cast of trans and gay people of color ever seen on TV. It's amazing. So it deals with discrimination and AIDS and is really just an amazing look into a culture that most of us don't know a lot about. Did I miss anything? Um, I think that's a pretty good summary. There is kind of a side plot about the main character, Blanca, starting her own house and competing with her former house mother. But the main focus of the show isn't these two women competing, it's the families that they create. Yeah, I would agree that one of the main points of the show is that people can create their own families to support them when the families that raise them don't. And that is actually one of the things I was wondering about with you and your experience of the show. So when I was a teenager, the youngest character uh-huh. who comes and lives with Blanca. Yes. I'm basically, he's my age. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So in my life at that time, my gay friends were often not necessarily disowned by their families, mm-hmm. but um, rejected by their families yeah. in very real and obvious ways. And it seems to me that that is not something that happens as much to people in your generation? So I think that personally, I have had friends who have had, I would say issues with their families as a result of their identity. Um, And I think that the idea of like building your own family, honestly, what it reminds me of more than me now is me in like middle school and that group of people who are all, I had more friends in middle school who had just been like, not flat out rejected by their families, Mm -hmm. but had kind of rejected their families as middle schoolers will will do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Um, I don't know that that's necessarily unique to um, people with queer identities. But one thing I, I do think that's really fascinating to me is how open and aware your generation is of trans identities. I think that's something that is really hard for people my age, even if we are accepting and understanding and, you know, wanting to be as open as possible. It's still, I think, just a really hard concept for cisgender people in their 50s to totally wrap their head around well I think that if it's I feel like it's probably I don't know a 
feeling that a lot of people just have not experienced mm-hmm. the idea of being trans and like that kind of disassociation from how everyone else sees you and how you see yourself and I think that if you've never experienced it and you've never like been super close with anyone who's experienced that it's hard to wrap yeah. your head around I feel like the important thing is not that you fully understand it, but that you're respectful of it. I would agree. I would agree with that, that we don't, nobody has to fully understand somebody else in order to be empathetic and respectful of that person. Yes. All right. right, So back to the show. All right. (laughs) Because we've gotten on a, on a tangent. Um, Do you like the show? What do you think of the show? I do. I very much enjoyed this show. It did. So in the second season, their spoilers starting now there's a string of funerals in the first like two to three episodes of the second season which i assume was meant to show just the sheer amount of death happening Mm -hmm. i see why there were all the funerals for me it was after a while it was like okay and now we are at another funeral and we, we all know what happens at these funerals. And it's, I, like, I, I lost interest for, like, a couple episodes and then came back. I can see that. I um, Does sort of the sheer Also, amount... mm-hmm. on that note, I was watching the second season in, like, I want to say April of last <laughs> year. So maybe a so, show about people dying from a plague was not exactly what yeah, you wanted? Yeah, it was not. Sure. I was looking for something a little bit different than what yeah. I got. Well, you do know that a lot of the research done on AIDS in the 80s and 90s is actually in use with, like, the COVID vaccine and things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, epidemiology is epidemiology mm-hmm. no matter what the disease. So that's yeah. interesting. Does the sheer devastation of AIDS surprise you? There was very much a time when I was like, like I did not understand that it was an epidemic, kind Mm -hmm. of. I was like, this is a disease that has been, at the time, I believed pretty much eradicated, (laughs) which is not true. Not true. Um, But upon first learning about (laughs) it, got the impression that AIDS was no more. I think that just the amount of people who died and the fact that we are not aware of that. I was, I remember I was watching actually this TikTok where this like gay teenager was talking and he was like, people ask why there aren't as many gay people who are like older than us and it's because so many of them died yeah i mean you know i knew several men who died um very young you i mean you know about my one good friend mm-hmm. i you know it's hard for me when watching something like pose to see people with all those telltale signs yeah which i don't think we're used to seeing as much anymore mm-hmm. um yeah it's i mean it was unbelievable. I mean, it was, it, it seemed to come very 
suddenly in some ways for me, for my generation, I mean, one of the hard things about AIDS is that like it sort of happened as we were kind of um, starting our sex lives. Mm -hmm. So our whole romantic and sex lives were tied up in AIDS. Yes. Um, Was it as much of, I I know it wasn't as much of a thing for straight people. Was mm -hmm. it a thing for straight people? So that depends a little bit on, um, it was, it, it, it depends a little bit. So obviously, um, IV drug users. Yeah. So that was an issue. Um, if you mean straight. Like where people like don't have sex, you're going to get AIDS. Not as much. There were definitely straight people who did like, so in the show, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a woman who is married to a man who is involved with a trans woman. Yeah. And then she realizes all this and then she wants an AIDS test. Yeah. Right? So there is very definitely people who, this is kind of how they learned that, the, that their husbands or partners mm-hmm. were not entirely straight or had used IV drugs or things like that. But yeah. it was not... It just wasn't seen as big a deal. Uh-huh. I mean, and that's, I think, why it was allowed to go on without treatments and without understanding that this was, you know, COVID. Yeah. You'll know, like, from the beginning of this, it was clear it was a global pandemic. Yes. And there were still people who were like, well, it's only people with pre-existing conditions who die. Yeah. Right? So if you imagine that... Mm-hmm. But you imagine that people saying, well, it's only gay people and, you know, IV drug users who die. I see. People dismissed it. Yeah. There were also, um, I did a little research project about lesbians during the AIDS crisis. In my research found that a lot of doctors were afraid to, like, be in contact with people who were HIV positive despite the fact that there was research about how you contracted this disease and so that. That is like, you have never been to the dentist where the dentist didn't wear a rubber glove? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen before AIDS. The uh-huh. dentist literally stuck their fingers in your mouth with no glove on. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's concerning for everyone involved. <laughs> that's bad yes. for the dentists. That's bad for you. I mean, that's... that's- just like that's a thing so you know it's interesting we say that about the research you were doing about the the lesbian nurses Mm -hmm. so the um one of the things that i kind of get a kick out of with pose is some of the the casting so um the woman there's a nurse who is friends with um billy porter's character Mm -hmm. and she's played by sandra bernhard yes who was a cultural icon at the time. Yes. In the first season, the guy who's having an affair with mm-hmm. Angel, his boss is played by James Vanderbeek, who was his boss, who's, you know, mm-hmm. is played by James Vanderbeek, who was like the star of this teen drama. Yes, I'm aware of James Vanderbeek from <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Oh, there Oh, that's right. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> He's and a very then, good dancer. <laughs> the other guy who's also having an affair with one of the women. Mm-hmm. He's um he plays Detective Elliot Stapler on Law and Order. Like 
it's just sort of the casting although i had many gay friends in the 80s and 90s and spent a lot of time in gay bars in the 80s and 90s this is nothing like the scene i lived in that's what i assumed you were living in louisville (laughs) kentucky yes it was a different gay scene than this although you know the music is all the same Mm -hmm. the clothes are all the same yeah i had no idea about any of the houses the these Uh balls kikis any of that that is all new to me yeah but i do think it's funny that a lot of the casting seems the like not the main characters, but the other characters seem to be kind of done to appeal to people my age. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the casting, mm-hmm. this is the most gorgeous cast of people. They found just the most beautiful people to be in this show. It's- Speaking of the house mothers, I remember like one of the first things that I really took away from this show was how cool the concept of like a house and a house mother is yeah like i was like watching it and i was like that's that's very sweet i like that one a lot that that's good it is even though like the houses are a little bit abusive mm-hmm. <laughs> like there i think that especially um electra mm-hmm. electra is not the nicest She's not. Like, the first scene, or, like, one of the first scenes, they're stealing dresses from a museum. That I love. I thought that was hilarious. Like, they break into the Met and steal the French costumes or something. Yeah. It was funny, but it was also, like, what? This is not what a person who has claimed to be, like, responsible for helping these younger people this is not what that person should be doing so electra i will say that i think dominique jackson who plays her is um gorgeous and i think she's an amazing person i don't think she's the best actor mm-hmm. and she kind of speaks her lines at such a high emotional pitch all yeah. the time that it kind of takes me out I don't know. It could be a choice because yeah. Electra, like she could just always be playing Electra as a character who, mm-hmm. you know, is over the top and dramatic as opposed to the person who is playing Electra. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Like, I feel like it's a, like, I feel like for a lot of people, that would be a two part role. Like, there's Electra and uh-huh. then there's Electra playing Electra. Yeah. And Um, she may have just made a different choice and decided that she was always going to be Electra. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that Angel's really cool. I really like Angel. Shout out to Angel and India Moore, who plays Angel. Yes. And Uh she is based on a real person. She is. Yep. She is based on a a real model of the time. Mm -hmm. And I also like that she winds up modeling for Wet and Wild, which I don't think they make anymore. (laughs) But it was like... Green eyeshadow and nail polish and stuff like that. It was... Yeah. I think that there is this plot line about voguing and how voguing came from ballroom and uh, was kind of stolen from ballroom and it became very popular and then stopped being so popular. So it was stolen from ballroom by Madonna who used to date Sandra Bernhardt. Uh That's what I'm saying here about the casting yeah so i remember when that song came out Mm -hmm. and i don't 
think I really knew. I think somebody I had to explain to honestly me. Honestly, thought she was talking about the magazine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Beauty's where you're, you find it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess you find it in Vogue magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember dancing to that mm-hmm. and not knowing that was a, a big one in uh in eighth grade we had to do a project on like things that have references to the 20s and vogue was a big <laughs> song for that we were like listening to vogue and my teacher was like okay write down names that you recognize from our studies on the 20s and i was <laughs> like greta garbo fred astaire ginger rogers dance on air yeah that's hilarious <laughs> that Vogue has, Voguing has come from being um, niche culture drag balls to an eighth grade language arts assignment. What was history? What was oh, language okay. arts? Was okay. Um, did you, there were like drag competitions. You went to drag I went to drag shows. bars. I went to drag shows and drag Bar, well, yeah, dra- show bars that had drag shows. It was not like in Pose. Yeah. It was much more like a a cabaret or show where basically drag queens that I saw. Yeah. I don't know if they were trans mm-hmm. or if they were men dressed as women. Yeah. Right? I would imagine at the time... That would be a blurrier line. Right. And in fact, I do know that some of them who were people I knew as drag queens mm-hmm. actually then later came out as trans. Yeah. So um, so I don't know how to refer to people in the past uh-huh. now because I don't actually know what their identity was. But yeah. they were working as drag queens. Okay. Okay. So the drag queens, there would be a show. And I can I actually... Um, Saw a little clip because someone I went to high school with who was a drag queen and then later was came out as trans and then died recently. Somebody had a clip of her work. So I can actually show you to that show you that at some point. But you would be in this bar and there would be a stage and someone would come out and they would be dressed like kind of like in the show. But in these mm-hmm. over the top outfits. Yeah. And in these... I mean, there's a lot of debate about whether or not it was sexist because they would be these hyper-feminized ways mm-hmm. and almost sort of mocking women. Um, anyway, and they would lip sync yes. to a song and yeah. they would tell raunchy jokes okay, or do raunchy movements and you would tip them. Yes. And I swear to God, one time I was at a drag bar and one of the drag queens was wearing the same dress I was wearing. It was an issue. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> that sounds like an awkward situation for you. It really was. So why were you asking me about drag bar- about drag shows? Oh, I was just wondering. Like, yeah, so what it wasn't that like scene was yeah. like in like Kentucky. Well, and that was something different too that I didn't realize in the show because so in the show there are scenes where a lot of the gay bars do not want the trans women mm-hmm. there. And they do not, like, it's very separate. And the white gay, especially, like, the white gay bars yeah. don't want a black trans woman in the bar. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess maybe there definitely was racism in the gay bars in Louisville. Yes. Um, and I can tell you some stories. But I think maybe there just wasn't 
Like, there weren't enough gay bars for there to be. Only now they lead story time at the library. It's no longer counterculture. Now it's uh-huh. story time at the library. Yeah, I've, yeah. I had this friend in eighth grade who would just show up to school in like a wig sometimes. Um, and now he does drag on TikTok. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, there is, I think that now in the LGBTQ community, and I think sometimes people who are outside of this community don't realize this as much, but especially gay white men tend to, the what they face is very different from what oh, everyone yeah. else faces. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been the case, sweetie. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean... Look, white men always have privilege. Yes. Um, and being acute, I mean, so, like, you've seen pictures of me at 17. Mm-hmm. It would seem very unusual. Like, now there's no way somebody that looked like me at 17 would ever be able to get into a bar. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a fake ID. What I had was a lot of really cute guy yeah. friends. Uh-huh. And the bars wanted the cute, young, gay, white men in them. And so they understood that us girls came along. Yeah. Right? I think that... I mean, there's always been... The difference between being... Even, like, being a gay man in just this gaggle of straight girls Mm -hmm. and being a group of lesbians hanging out together it's it's different right it absolutely is i think um Mm. just because society in general is more open yeah to homosexuality doesn't mean that everybody is judged equally Mm -hmm. um i had another point i will say bringing this back to the show most of the lgbtq people in this show are not just white men who are gay no i mean this is the i mean most of the cast are people of color yeah Mm -hmm. and it's about gay people of color yeah and their experiences which is why like even though i was alive at the time it's so different for me because that's just not a community i was part of so you know um i will tell you one more thing that came out of sort of when you were asking earlier about straight people and aids um so I don't know if it's still used primarily in this way, but the expression on the down low, mm-hmm. at the time that was used almost exclusively in the African-American community to mean a man who, a black man who also slept with men, mm. but who wasn't out. Yeah, so that so is... So you kept, you know, if some if a guy was on the down low... It meant he pretended to be straight but was sleeping uh-huh. with men. And now I think people just use like Yeah, if if you're doing something on the DL, it's like don't don't tell people about this, but But it doesn't necessarily relate to that. No, not not even a little bit. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? I didn't, but I feel like we've been a little disjointed and this is gonna take more like, editing than normal. <laughs> I feel like we really have Pose is a really good show. You should definitely watch it. Yes, it is. Yes. I mean, it, it's just a look into a culture. Um, that's going to be it for us. Thank you for listening to our sixth episode. 
If you liked it, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. We were just put on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Woo! Um, also, feel free to follow us at 35 Apart on Twitter and at 35 Years Apart on Facebook. We hope you will join us next Tuesday where we'll go full 180 and talk <laughs> about Little House on the Prairie. Yay! Well, it's not full 180. They also have fabulous dresses. <laughs>